G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. It's a good morning to Jordan Oppett and uh, Jeff McTainch on the panel this morning. And uh, Jeff, uh, I, I guess with uh, the Women's Phoenix getting underway, uh, the A-League certainly is underway, the break is getting underway, still a lot of focus on sport, um, particularly on, on Sky Sport as well. But uh, I still tend to think the Black Caps will be centre stage here. Um, with uh, another opportunity to make a bit of history. Mate, uh, and good morning to you and, and Jordan and listeners. Um, look, I, I know we've made three World Cup finals since 2015 and, and the World Test Championship under the belt, but for me, and I'm sure you too, being a, a, a cricket romantic, like it's these statistics, these moments, these test matches that to me as a fan matter the most. You know, we haven't won in India since 1988 and um, and we're going to try and increase that unbeaten streak. Um, I just want to just get your thoughts, mate, if you can turn your attention back to, to that test match in 88 um, and just what your feelings were, because I know, you know, Richard Hadley took 10 wickets, you had a 50 in the second innings, um, and, and I guess that points to the fact that we had seamers that did the job, but what were your memories, mate, if I can just uh, indulge you for a moment on, on that test? Yeah, well, we won nil down in the series, so uh, you know it was a situation where uh, we we were trying to you know stay alive really, uh, and, and it wasn't. Uh, I'll be honest, it wasn't not perhaps the the greatest Indian side that they've ever fielded, but neither is this one, um, you know. And I've had a lot of uh, Coley comes back into it, so there are quite a lot of similar similarities here. Uh, we we had to rely on on. Um, Sir Richard Hadley to, to do the damage in the first innings, but the real um, memory for me was John Bracewell's contribution, uh, mm. Jeff, throughout that test match. Uh, he outbowled the Indian spinners. Uh, he he played beautifully with the bat. Uh, he was aggressive. He was everything we uh, we didn't see from our spinners uh, in that first test match. So for me, that is the key. We've got to match them. We've got to have a guy in the slow bowling department who's going to make use of wear and tear, but really spin it and, and really take it at them. I didn't see that in the first test, Jeff, and that's what I need to see this time round for me. Yeah, just quickly, I think Neil Wagner would be a good option. I think um, some of it didn't take a didn't take a wicket. I think you keep the tell, but Neil doesn't just give you um, you know uh, a fine bowling option. His accuracy, he's got a great effort ball. He generates bounce seemingly on any wicket um, for a, a slightly shorter guy, but it's the aggression and the heart that, that he gives you. So I think. I think we have to back ourselves here and be like, look, we're the world champions. Um, we need to uh, to front up with that attitude and go, look, we're playing Neil Wagner. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that regard. Now, Jordan, uh, welcome in uh, this morning. Uh, if you've got any good wishes and if you've got any sort of zen qualities about you, can you get inside Kane Williamson's head and get him to win a bloody <laughs> toss? That would be nice. Yeah, I've got to, you've got to get a chance, to be honest. It might be the chance. But yeah, I'm actually fizzing. I was listening to your interview with Sir Richard yesterday, and I mean, that was one way to get fizzed up about it even more. And, you know, when he said for this side to be
they need that win over there. And I think, it, as we, you guys just both mentioned, it comes down to belief, doesn't it? And I think the Black Caps at the moment have that in spades. I mean, the Wagner debate, I think it's a great problem to have. Um, you know, competition on the side is healthy. You've got people nipping at your heels all the time. I mean, Rutschen in the last test um, was phenomenal. And I just think, it's, yeah, it's a great argument to have there. And, you know, what, what a shame that the selectors have, have these options, right, to, to pick who they like. Um, but, yeah, I'm going with Wagner as well. I mean, he'd be my pick of the bunch. But I'm inter- interested to see which way the selectors go. Yeah. Oh, I am too. Oh, I kind of feel, here's a, a theory for me. If they play Wagner, I think they're obliged to play Somerville. The reason why uh, is because mm-hmm. Wagner will w- run down the pitch on one side and that'll be the side where the right-handers will find it awkward if they've got the ball somewhat turning back into them. So I think uh, mm-hmm. if you play Wagner, you play Somerville. If you don't play Wagner, you can leave Somerville out. Um, that, that would be my theory from this far away. Uh, anyway, Jordan, um, aside from the cricket, uh, what a night um, coming up for the, the women's Phoenix team. What, what a step forward this is. Uh, an all-female coaching panel as well. Uh, gee, uh, uh, women's football is a real forerunner, isn't it, for women's sport at the moment? Oh, 100%. And I think it's that you can't see what you can't be, right? And Gemma Lewis and Natalie Lawrence are one of the only you know women coaching lineups in the A-League. And good on New Zealand football for for being ballsy and doing that. I mean, I am someone who's always thought the best person for the job should get the job, no matter your gender. But I think this does reflect that because their CVs are blooming impressive. And I think the other thing is that, you know, this is a young Phoenix women's team. I mean, the bulk of them are, you know, between 18 and 22, is it? So there's got to be huge advantages to having women in charge of that. You know, it's a crucial... um, it's a crucial stage for a young woman's life. I mean, in terms of your career, 18, you're leaving school thinking, what's next? Relationships, becoming adults, all these things. And you've got to get that right to be able to put a good team, you know, have a team together and perform. I think all that outside stuff majorly plays into it. So, yeah, all I have to say is, yeah, the girls, go the girls. And um, good on NCIS as well for getting them behind them yesterday because that'll give them the confidence they need. It must have been pretty rough, you know, thinking, well, why is it no one wanting to back up? So I hope that's given them the fire in their bellies to, to charge on. Yep, and if I look at the odds too, the $10 outsiders, that might give them a... Uh, a little bit of an incentive as well. Please stay, uh, please you too, uh, Jordan and Jeff. Please stay with us. A uh, short news break here, and we'll be back with uh, a couple more topics. Thank you. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Yeah, Jordan Oppert with us this morning, and uh, Jeff McTainch. And Jeff, uh, the breakers kick into gear. We've just been speaking to Mull about it. Of course, he'll be commentating on it. But, uh, gee, yeah. Uh, They've had, some, they've had some things to overcome in the, in the last year or two, haven't they? Uh, what are your expectations for the Breakers this year? Yeah, they haven't been to the semi-finals, have they, mate, for a, for a few years now and uh, been a tough couple of campaigns. I think you do have to factor in the travel aspect, as we do with uh, with all of our teams that play um, in, the, in the cross-Tasman format, the Warriors, the Phoenix and, and so on. Um, so it has been a tough time, but... Uh, particularly so ahead of uh, this campaign uh, under extraordinary circumstances. Obviously, their coach, Dan Shamir, uh, came down with COVID. Um, so, too, uh, the owner, Matt Walsh, and, and a couple of their key players, too. So, uh, look, not ideal ahead of that uh, opening game of the campaign against South East Melbourne. Um, 
But yeah, I, I think there's enough talent in that squad that the breakers will be competitive. Um, whether or not they have, the, I guess, the, the kingpin that they've had in, in past seasons gone by when they went on to win their win their titles, um, I'm not sure. But uh, it's these situations, these sort of seasons can galvanise teams. Um, but certainly not the ideal way to start. Look, Matt Walsh was pretty sympathetic to the to the league in terms of uh, the fact that they wanted to press on with it and, and get going. Um, and, and as I say, it might it might be the kind of backs against the wall stuff that, that gets the breakers up. But um, not having your coach uh, foresight, courtside is um, is an ideal first up. No, it's not, Jeff. Um, Jordan, one of the things I like looking forward to at the start of uh, any basketball season is the new players in the squad. Here we've got two Frenchmen, we've got two Americans, and uh, we've got an Indian in the squad as well. Uh, it's a real United Nations sort of uh, with um, uh, w- with a coach from Turkey. So it's the kind of all United Nations all of a sudden. This Phoenix group. Oh, sorry, yeah, the they are like that, and yeah, um, they are like that. And I guess like I've had goosebumps watching that Unbreakable trailer um, every time I watch it. Like, they, there is something about that team, and I think there's, there's something to be learned for a lot of sports teams by watching the Breakers and the way they do bring people together and the way they've managed to sort of ride out the challenges they've had because, you know, they've had their season and more at the moment, but they never sulk. They just kind of get on with it and put it in their stride. I was reading an article before where Finn Delaney's like, this is a beautiful thing, the situation they're in. But... He's that kind of character, you know, that does bring people together. But the idea that they're kind of just taking it in their stride and pushing forward, I mean, and they'll have some confidence in the fact that their two uh, preseason hit outs, they got back that win. So that's, that's a good start. Um, and I actually can't wait for the full team to come together. And as you say, some of those new ones might get a chance a bit sooner than they expected um, should mm. the players sit out any longer. Uh, Jeff, uh, Rugby Award nominations uh, coming out, of course. Uh, in the, the last day or so, uh, All Black Player of the Year, the four nominees, Geordie Barrett, Rico Ioani, Will Jordan, Adi Savia. So no one um, uh, up front in the engine room as such. Uh, who would you be your pick of those four? Mate, I, I, just, I have to say it's got to be Will Jordan. I know that those other, other players have had fantastic seasons, but when you're scoring tries at the rate at which he's doing, and I know that... Um, that the Northern Tour probably didn't finish the way he wanted in terms of seeing the ball he wanted, but uh, the kid is extraordinary. Uh, he's, he's manufacturing tries himself. He's, he's, he's doing it at the end of the, the, end of the chain, um, and um, I think it's probably a wake-up call for that forward pack that there's no nominees there um, uh, in the tight five. But uh, I think, you know, Will Jordan is just... He's, he's been unbelievable, and I think it was a question posed the other day on social media as to who the... Who the next person would be to, to, or who the next person to crack Doug Howlett's try scoring record for the All Blacks would be, and, and uh, Will Jordan's name was in there, Bowden Barrett's, uh, Rico Ioane, but gee, you've got to think, like when that kid's career is finished up in the black jersey, there's going to be a st- staggering number next to his name. Mm. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Do you know where he's from, No, no, uh, I, I don't. Um, Jordan, enlighten me. <laughs> Well, actually, I just shot this up in the foot because I just realised it's actually Nelson, isn't it? But um, Canterbury... No, it is Christchurch. It's close to the Marcos, but it is Canterbury. I'm right. Christchurch. No surprises there, right? Uh, No surprises there. So I'll go through a list and you can uh, just say yes or no uh, for me then, Jordan. Um, uh, ASB National National Coach of the Year... Uh, Neil Barnes, Taranaki, Ross Filippo, Waikato, James Semple, Waikato, FPC, 
Scott Robertson, Crusaders. Oh, see, now I've really put myself in it because I'll go Neil Barnes. Love really? David, okay. Neil Barnes. It's got to be. It's got to be this year. It's got to be. Agreed. Okay, so Neil Barnes. Neil Barnes. Thanks, Jeff. Okay, so. <laughs> okay, so then ex- explain to me if you can, with your media knowledge and your background knowledge, Jordan. If that's the case, uh, how can Taranaki not be in the National Team of the Year uh, nominations? Crusaders, South Canterbury, Waikato FPC, Waikato NPC. Uh, what about the team itself? How did they miss out? Yeah, I mean, you probably need Kimberly Downs for this one. That woman is fired <laughs> up like there's no tomorrow. But, um, oh yeah, I can't work it out either. I'm with Kim on that one. I mean, you know me, I back, I back Canterbury or Christchurch cows come home. But with Taranaki, I mean, it's, I just can't work it out. Why? Like, this is a strange one, isn't it? Like, it if, if I... If, if I can come in real quick, like Taranaki went through the season undefeated and uh, their best season since the mid-80s under Leo Walsh and Graham Murray. And, and for Neil Barnes to to be at the helm of that team, it, it just a fantastic effort. It almost seems like, and I'm not taking anything away from what Waikato achieved in the Premiership, but Taranaki knocked over every heavyweight team in, the, in New Zealand domestic rugby this year. And, and so... It just kind of it makes you wonder as to why. I know I know there's been calls for this to change Smithy and get us all back on the mm. same ladder domestically, but yeah, it's an interesting one. It is an interesting one um, in that regard. I've got to be honest with you. Um, what about this, um, Jeff? Uh, the, it's, it's Freedom Day in Auckland. It's Freedom Day. How are you going to celebrate Freedom Day <laughs> in, in, up there? Hey, hey, what are you going to do, mate? After all this time, let's be fair. You want to know the truth? Uh, I'm going to celebrate Freedom Day by putting the second coat of paint on uh, the kitchen, um, which I've been <laughs> which I've been tidying. Huh? I might head down to the supermarket, mate, and grab some some cold beers for later on the other. But I, I mean, I'm just I'm glad. Um, I don't know when I'll get to the pub next or out to to a restaurant, but um, hopefully soon. But I, I'm just stoked for small businesses and the business community around Auckland because the real sad part of this pandemic hasn't just been the the, the health side of things. It's been this the, the nature of a businesses struggling so much with, with uh, not having any patrons and punters through their door. So really happy for publicans and restaurants to be able to open the doors and, and get a bit of cash flow back ahead of, ahead of Christmas as well because, you know, they'll be able to get things going again and, and then head off for a break with their families and friends around the country and, um, and then sort of rip into 2022. So really, you know, more than anything, happy, happy for them. Happy for them, and, and Jordan, you'll have, uh, of course, you're a, a Canterbury convert now, but we know that you've got Auckland background as well, so um, what, are you hearing, what are you hearing from your former friends and colleagues uh, about Auckland being free? Well, I'm stoked for them, eh? I mean, it's been a long time, 109 days, a little something crazy like that, and I mean, I just know when we came out of lockdown down here, people's spirits actually really did lift. Um, you know, you get a boost from being able to go in and sit down and have your coffee rather than doing a takeaway or going out to get a beer. You really um, underestimate how good those little things are, you know, for your soul. So I'm very, I'm so excited for everyone a couple of weeks out from Christmas, as Jeff said. Um, I think a few of my colleagues have a plan, you know, Abby Wilson said in the morning meeting, right, we're all heading to the pub for lunch. I mean, I wish I could join them. Um, I'm not sure that they are, but... <laughs> What a good idea. But I just want to say, not to take it away from Auckland, Smithy, but we've talked about racing every time, the horses every time I've come on here so far. 
Ricketon today mm-hmm. got your vaccine passport. It's going to be busy down there. you got dozens of corporate teams down there for their Christmas festival. Like, this is where it starts. Summer has started. Oh, look, I, I just can't wait. I can't wait to get back down there. I'm, I'm so sorry I actually never got to meet you in person, but you were just so damn busy. Uh, chasing uh, celebrities <laughs> around the uh, on Cup Day, I, I couldn't get close. Incidentally, if you could if you could see now the change what it's had in, in John Day. John Day has gone from looking like the wild man of Borneo, the wild man of Borneo. This morning he looks like Doogie Howser, MD. I'm telling you, I, I, unrecognisable. So <laughs> it's just been well, an amazing what change. He, what was the, he rocking, Smithy? Did he have a did he have a shaggy dude? Did he in a in a big beard? Was he sort of caveman? Hey, Jeff, I look like um, Tom Hanks from Castaway, but no, nah, no, I'm very much uh, Tom Hanks from Big. <laughs> Good to hear, mate. <laughs> he was he put the S in Scruffy, mate. I'll tell you that. That's what he did. Okay, uh, hey, look, have a have a great weekend, you two, uh, Jeff. Uh, a weekend off calling rugby. So uh, enjoy painting. And yes, Jordan, uh, enjoy socialising because I know you will be. So there you go. Enjoy the cricket, mate. <laughs> yes, and go the Black Caps as well. Thank you very much for reminding me. Uh, 